0: Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hands off the middle, hit the
1: backfield, and grill. again, third team's
0: there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Right three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Not that.
1: Point. Pop the brakes.
0: Now your host, KLIN contributor, Cole Stukenholz, and KLIN reporter, Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition
2: of KLIN Husker Hour. We've got basketball, football, going strong, all by myself in the studio for now. Uh, we will be joined by a special guest A little bit later on, Matt McMaster is out this week. We are going to get him on the phone to get his thoughts uh, ahead of a very important road contest tonight. In Nebraska, Wisconsin, a couple teams fighting for bowl eligibility with first-year head coaches. Feel the excitement of the Big Ten West race. So we'll have uh, have Matt join us a little bit later. Uh, We also have Jacob Bigelow from Huskers Illustrated. He's going to hop into the studio uh, for... Most of the last half of the program today. Got Hoops preview coming up today. And uh, we are also going to be joined by another very special guest. And it's always a treat to welcome back to the show the voice of the Husker Hoops, the legend himself, Kent Pavelka, back here on Husker Hour. Kent, how are you today?
1: Doing great. Looking forward to this ball game against Oregon State. First one uh, away from PBA. It's going to be an interesting test.
2: It, it will be, yeah. That's uh, definitely the first test, I think, uh, of the season. And I wanted to run through some big picture stuff with you, but let's start with the the players that we've seen on the floor so far. New players have made an instant impact. Uh, I was kind of worried about the way Derek Walker's passing, uh, with with you know getting Kasey the ball down low and finding him for threes. Having that loss from the roster, but Rink mast dropping dimes in that last game against Stony Brook. I'm, I'm feeling better about him passing and kind of filling those shoes, and he's kind of filling up the stat sheet across the board. I think he's been Nebraska's best player so far. What have your thoughts been of Rink?
1: I think he has been too, Cole, um, and the stats back that up. Um, but we can talk about some other guys that are awfully good
2: oh, too. Yeah.
1: Um, Rink has uh, a different kind of post, obviously, than Derek is and was. Um, so Nebraska's offense as a result has a different look to it. And I think it's, um, it's got more facets to it with rink on the floor than with Derek. But again, it's just different. Mm -hmm. You know, Derek played with his back to the rim most of the time to the goal, uh, around the paint and he was not going to step out and shoot it from distance. I think he shot one, three last year, all year long, obviously rink mass can shoot it from the perimeter. Um, he is a ferocious rebounder, really good defender, um, really good passer, as you said, and you know he's uh, he's more than uh, you know he's been he's been more than adequate in terms of being a replacement for 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 Derek Walker. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would agree. And and the other big acquisition. Uh, is Bryce Williams? He's been in double figures, three or four games. Uh, rebounds increasing each game. Knocks out his free throws really well. Uh, Mast and and Williams, for that matter, both for big guys and Alec as well, who we'll get to. Uh, what have you seen from Bryce so far? What's his impact been?
1: Well, I think that in Bryce Williams, you've got a guy unlike anybody Nebraska's had even last year or or for several years. You know, if you got a you got a big six, seven, six, eight really good shooter, uh, good athlete, maybe not, um, you know, elite athletically, but he's really good. Uh, And he's so smooth that he makes the game look effortless, you know? I mean, I think he, his effectiveness um, (laughs) it belies how easy he makes it look. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he really got it going in his last ball game offensively in the second half. He didn't even take a shot in the first half, but you know, he's he's a scorer and um you know, if he can score thirteen to fifteen points a game, um and, and do everything else that he's doing and get better at it. And I think he's that's the thing. I think he's gonna get better as the season goes on. It's another level for him, night in and night out. And and of course Nebraska's been playing mid majors so far, which has been the level that he he's used to at Charlotte, but um, I think he's got a chance to, to really, along with Mast and and some of the other guys we'll talk about, to put this Nebraska basketball team in a position to to do some things it hasn't done, period.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the, the other newcomer who started all four games is Josiah Alec, just a fiery ball of energy and hustle and muscles, and he just adds to the size and experience depth on the front line. Uh, he's a he's a pretty significant asset for for this roster this season.
1: Absolutely, I mean the, he's he's a guy that starts, but he gives Nebraska depth along that front line. Um, and with the addition of, in the last game of Jawan Gary, now you've got you've got a bunch of really tough bigs. Um, he, you know, Jake was saying on the air the other day talking about. Sam Hoiberg and the energy that he brings to the floor when it gets on the floor. Uh, Josiah Ellick is, is, is just a, a giant Sam Hoiberg, you know, if, if you <laughs> think about it, the way, the way he plays and uh, um, you know, he's, he's going to be an important piece to this uh, hopefully uh, un, unprecedented success this team can, can achieve.
2: Chatting Nebraska ball with the voice of the Huskers, Ken Pavelka here on Husker hour. Uh, let's talk about the guys who couldn't play to start the season but we've both seen we've seen both of them now uh you mentioned juan gary back and and obviously casey tomanaga uh made a return as well i i've been encouraged by what we saw from both of them i mean they're they're doing what we expected of them gary's really a ferocious rebounder on the front lines uh Kese is is again like alec a, a lot of energy and uh definitely a guy who can get hot and just knock shot after shot down uh a couple of more important players for nebraska who weren't an, you know available that first game what have you seen so far from from Gary and Casey
1: Well Casey uh if he has anything like you know his season is anything like it was the second half of last year Nebraska's going to be in the money um you know I think in that first game we saw him come out of the out of the shoot uh, a little bit with two, a little bit more uh <laughs> more aggressive than you want him hunting shots and, and jacking shots early but you know he he, uh, he's he got the green light to do that. I think he'll be more judicious. And again, I think he's a guy that if he can score 15, 16 points a game, uh, you know, if you see that at the end of the season, along with, with Williams uh, as as the main scorers, uh, you know, they can score 30, 35 points between them. Uh, it, it, that's what you're going to want to see. But he... He obviously is a special player. The the media consensus understands that. Team, second team All Big Ten mm-hmm. in the preseason. Uh, he's a he's a tremendous weapon. Uh, so he and and uh, and Jawan. I mean Jawan. The other night, the thing that impressed me was his perimeter shooting. He shot one up early that didn't look very good, but he's been working on that, and I've seen a lot of practice since. Uh, springtime and, uh, you know, he got that shoulder repaired and Coach Hoiberg's been working with him on his on his shot. And I think you can see that it is, you know, just basically a way dirtier shot than it has been. So, you know, the, to the extent that he can add that element to the mix with that, in, in addition to everything else that he does on the floor, that's just going to be another bonus.
2: Yeah, no, no question. Uh, Gary knocking three pointers down is not something I was really counting on this season. So to have that, that would be, that would be tremendous. In, in terms of the rest of the roster that we've seen have significant minutes, it's been the rest of the guards, essentially. And so far from what we've seen from from Fred, it's just kind of been a rotation through C.J. Wilcher, Jamarcus Lawrence, Boogie Coleman, Sam Hoiberg. Do you see that continuing? Do you see somebody grabbing one or two of those jobs and, and taking them? So far, Jamarcus has started all four games, but uh, I'm not sure if, if that's going to be the, the regular rotation or, or the regular plan throughout the season. What do you think?
1: I think it will be Cole. I, you know, I and again he had his, his second half the other night was really made me feel good. Uh, and I'm I'm such a Jamarcus Lawrence fan that I, you know, I want him to succeed at, in that position more than anybody else. Uh, uh, he, uh, I mean, he's he's going to defend your best player in the backcourt every night. Uh, you know, on the on the whoever they're playing. Uh, and he's going to do it successfully. Um, and and everything that he gives Nebraska, other than scoring, is is are, are elements to the game that some of the other guys in the backcourt don't have. Uh, but I, I think he's going to, I think he's a key to the season. I think he needs to score eight to 10 points a game. And uh, if he can, I think that uh, Nebraska, again, that's just one of the elements I think that needs to happen if Nebraska's going to have the kind of season that. I think it can have, but, uh, I'm not, you know, I, I was a little bit concerned about his lack of scoring and, and his inefficient shooting in the first three games. Uh, but I think that's going to come around. I think that he's getting used to this new role. And on top of that, you know, it's asking a lot to, Oh, by the way, can you shoot it like you did last year at the end of last year?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of roles, Kent, we, we talked to Sam Hoiberg on our show a few weeks ago about how his role developed over last season. He had to play more minutes because of injuries and really grabbed it and, and took advantage of the opportunity. What do you envision Sam's role being this season with this roster?
1: Oh, I think it's like you said you've got, you know, you look at this team in two ways. You look at that front line and the, and the guys that you can mix in there in various ways. And then you look at the backboard. And we've talked about everybody, I think. Uh, Boogie Coleman, Sam. Uh, the top
2: nine top guys, big. for sure.
1: Yeah, not top nine guys. And, you know, you've got to also remember that you can go, you can go, uh, you can always put Bryce Williams at the two when mm-hmm. you go big. You know, and then if you go small, Bryce Williams can play three or four. So there's a lot of ways to get a lot of those different guards on the floor at different times depending on what you need, depending on who's shooting it well, and depending on what you're trying to get done and what you have to get done defensively. So I think you're going to see all kinds of assortments of, of, of five different five different guys on the floor depending on who's playing well, who's shooting well, who's defending, and, and who they have to defend
2: yeah, a lot of versatility uh, in in the lineup for sure. Um, and we're gonna keep you around for another segment. I want to talk big picture when we come back here. This is uh, uh, our conversation with Ken Pavelka as we're getting getting into the Nebraska basketball season. As uh, footballs just got two games left, we will talk football a little bit later on today. But uh, back with Morph with KP right after this here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Popping
0: the water, man, I'm your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, ninety nine three KLIN.
2: A few more minutes here with Kent Pavelka, voice of the Huskers. He's going to be on the call tonight with Nebraska, Oregon State up in the Sanford Pentagon. Uh, it is a three o'clock tip, so you can hear pregame uh, starting at two on uh, over on uh, KLNC. It's uh, 105.3 today. There's a, there's a lot going on on uh, the broadcast house family of, uh, of stations here in Lincoln with football and uh, volleyball. So um, that's where you can hear it. And uh, Kent, with the, the big picture, uh, have you had a chance to see any of the Big Ten action? Uh, yet, obviously, Purdue we know is really good. Michigan State, and Illinois, they're probably going to be tough. But uh, pretty much everybody thinks it's pretty wide open. After the the teams at the top, where where does Nebraska fit? Do you think in the Big Ten this year?
1: Well, I agree. I mean, and because I have seen a lot of a lot of Big Ten basketball, um, and I probably think Purdue is. If you're going to if you force somebody to make a judgment, that they're probably in a in a category uh, under themselves. Uh, after that. Um, you know, I think you got to look at it this way. Who's Nebraska got at home and can they win their 10 home games? Yeah. Uh, And I think they're, they're uh, better equipped to get that, you know, to win uh, 80 to a hundred games. And if you do that and you can pick up two or three wins on the road, uh, you're in the money. And uh, I think that that's, that's doable. I mean, it was doable last year with, with last year's team. So, um, you know, Indiana has struggled, Maryland's lost a couple of times, uh, Rutgers, you know, all those, those teams were thought to be really, really, really good. Iowa, uh, looked real good against Creighton, but couldn't get it done on the road. A lot of people won't, yeah. um, you know, I could go on and on, uh, 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 but I think uh, I, by, by the same token, you're going to have to play your butt off the win every night at home and away. And, and, you know, I don't see that there's any indication that that won't happen with this Nebraska team. The long season, uh, inevitably, invariably, there are going to be some nights where you don't get it done and you, you aren't as good as you are other nights. But I think this team will have a focus to it because of its maturity and experience and, and talent and depth that, uh, that they, can go on a real mission here, but I, th- I think they got to get some momentum going. I think that they're still kind of, you know, playing with all those pieces and figuring out who works best together. And, uh, you know, when that happens, I think shots are going to fall. And if shots fall for this team, they're going to win because they're going to they're going to be a great rebounding team. And if they aren't shooting it well, they'll get second chances on the offensive end with their rebounding. So if they just continue to play defense, rebound the ball, um, you know, and focus, don't listen to people like me, um, <laughs> they're they're going to be fine.
2: Well, I, I hope people listen to you, Ken. I know I will be. And and speaking of listening to you, that game tonight is one of the the few, I think, opportunities in the non conference to really make uh, a big impression on a potential postseason decision. Uh, it's it's a little bit lighter non con this year. You've got the 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 Creighton game, obviously, which is coming up on December third. It'll be at PBA. You've got K State on the schedule as well, and then you got this Oregon State team, recent Final Four appearance. Uh, they they're they're going to be a tough out today. What what do you see not just from the game today, but in terms of Nebraska's non conference schedule? And they've taken care of business four out of four. Uh, but you're going to need to get one or two of these other ones uh, against the Power Six co- uh, competition.
1: Absolutely, and you know, speaking of people listening to people like me or not, the media and the fans, and and picking up on all the energy is what I was guess uh, getting at. You know, these guys are not oblivious to it. And there is always, I think, in, in athletics a, uh, you know, this quiet uh, danger area of, 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 you know, picking up on, on the excitement and, and the opinions people have of how, how good this team can be. They need to shut that off. But, I, you know, I look at it uh, right now as they, got, they need to win these next three. You know, and, and Oregon State, Duquesne, and then Cal State Fullerton, you know, if they can be seven and zero going into the Creighton game, that's going to be great. Uh, yeah. But they need to be. They, they need to be. And, but this team again can't listen to people like me saying they <laughs> got to win the next three. So uh, I think you look at it in, in spurts, you know, in, in stages. Uh, and these next three are really, really important. I
2: think. Yeah. Well, hey, we we can look ahead as long as Fred's got them focused on the next. We can look ahead here. That's they're not paying attention to Husker Hour. I mean, I'd love them to, but. Um, and then, hey, uh, with with the the Creighton uh, game looming, uh, you mentioned that Iowa win. That was a really back and forth, high tempo game. Tremendous opportunity for Nebraska to get them here in Lincoln, and and obviously the the biggest non conference game on the schedule every year, but even more so with them uh, positioned as high in the, the the rankings and and you know close to the final four last year as they were what does that game represent in terms of this season? Uh, if they, if they don't get it, you know, it, nobody really thought they would, but it's, a, it's a tremendous opportunity for them to, to really go places this year.
1: Yeah, obviously, uh, absolutely right. Cole. And looking back on that game in, in Omaha earlier this week, my only, my biggest disappointment was that two teams couldn't have lost that game. But um, if you know what I mean, right. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, last year was was pretty cool. You beat Iowa twice in Creighton, um, uh, but we're talking about Creighton here. You know, it's one of those things where you you want to play it down when you're talking about it because if you don't get it done, then you can say, well, you know, that's fine. It didn't mean that much. And then if you win it, you know, you go crazy, and that's just the, that's just the way it'll be. Um, yeah, the t- thing about Creighton this year is I don't you got to slow them down. And I don't know how you slow them down. Um, on this, by the same token, I don't know how much defense Iowa played the other night, and mm-hmm. I think that that uh, Nebraska will be be prepared to to do its best defensively um, to to keep it from being a track meet. And, and if they can do that, and and Creighton's not shooting it like which they are capable of, they are really really good shooting team. Is the a chance
2: for sure. Yeah. Uh, another few minutes here with Kent Pavelka here on Husker Hour. Uh, all right. It, it's, it's always the story. Uh, it's always the thing that people want to ask about and speculate about and, and, and just, you know, hope it happens. Is Nebraska destined for an NCAA tournament trip? And are they destined to finally get that first W?
1: Well, I tweeted out that I'm predicting it. So, uh you know, and that's just all in fun, of course, because nobody knows. You yep. know, you just, you just have no idea. But I think, again, they are, I, I see them being equipped to do that. Um, it, I've been a little bit um, concerned in these first four games how they've looked offensively. And, you know, you talk about that and you got to slap yourself because they scored 80 points in three of the four games. But, um, you know, I, I it, it, they 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 did not look like a well-oiled machine offensively uh for a lot of these first few games um and and so if they can shoot it down i think the rest of it'll be there and and they'll they'll have a chance and of course if you get in it's all about matchups you know are you are you going to get a team that you're you know just uh matched up well uh with in terms of uh, having a chance to win
2: yeah and and in in terms of you know the offense you mentioned you know coming around it's it's not a well oiled machine at this point but to to that point Fred Hoiberg has really emphasized I think in his comments so far in between games after games that defensively um, that's kind of where the foundation is for this team if if they can perform defensively against the teams they're playing uh, they're going to be in every game in a position to to make adjustments at halftime and and find enough points to to be in it at the end is that a different approach that you've seen or, or maybe he's most emphasized it more as he's been in the job here in the Big Ten for uh for for all these years now defensively they I think you'll feel like he's kind of leaning on that a little bit more now do you, do you well agree? I
1: think that I, I do I do and I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Nate Lenzer for what, what what he's added to the mix in terms of what the Oscars do and what they're about and how they focus on defense and that's uh, you know, and defense is, includes rebounding, you know, on the defensive end. And, and, and offense includes offensive rebounds. Like I said, you know, if you're getting good shots, if you're running your stuff and you're not turning it over and not taking bad shots, then you got to live with the shots not falling. And I think that before long, you're going to see a minimum number of trips down the floor, fewer turnovers and fewer bad decisions. And, you know, if you can just shoot it decently and have all the rest of that going for you, you're going to be in good shape, I think.
2: You'll hear him on the call tonight. It is a 3 o'clock tip-off, 2 o'clock pregame. Uh, it's going to be on uh, 105.3 here in Lincoln, uh, but anywhere on the Huskers radio network, the Huskers app. Um, it is uh, the voice of the Huskers, Kent Pavelka. Hey, Kent, I uh, really appreciate you joining the show. Uh, always good to have you back on Husker Hour. Have a good call tonight and the rest of the season.
1: Okay, Cole. Thanks, buddy. All right, that's Ken
2: Pavelka, voice of the Huskers. Uh, yeah, it's there's, uh, there's a lot to talk about with this Hoops team, and uh, we're, we're actually going to keep that conversation going here a little bit. Yes, uh, Nebraska-Wisconsin, the football matchup tonight. Uh, we will get to that as well. But uh, here in our next segment, we've got a special guest in studio, Jacob Bigelow from Huskers Illustrated, uh, here to talk more Nebraska ball when we come back here on the KLI and Husker Hour. <laughs>
0: Inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN.
2: Big thanks to Kent Vabelka. If you missed any of our conversation with KP ahead of tonight's game against Oregon State, definitely make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You search KLIN Husker Hour and uh, you can find us. All of our episodes there, and uh, you can find uh, our next guest uh, when when this one hits the the podcast feed as well. He is in studio from Huskers Illustrated. Jacob Bigelow joins me. Jacob, welcome. Thank you, Cole. No, I'm happy to be here. Appreciate
3: you guys having me. Um, no good to talk a little hoops on a Saturday morning before I make the John up by 29
2: to Sioux Falls. So, yeah, happy had- to be here, man. You're heading up to the Pentagon, and uh, it, it's. I'm I'm excited for this matchup. It's the first Power 6 conference matchup for Nebraska. Not sure if it's going to be as as much of a test as K-State, certainly not Creighton. Um but, but they have only a few of these opportunities in the non-con. Um we we talked to Kent about, we we talked players, we talked big picture stuff. What have you seen so far from from the Huskers this season?
3: I think the biggest takeaway I've had, and it's the biggest thing I was looking forward to is just the depth, the depth, and you know the balance of this team, just the options they've got i mean every game there's been multiple guys in in double figures uh multiple guys you know flirting with double doubles, and you know the biggest takeaway is you know rink mast rink mast has been as good yeah. as advertised man. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about him as a teammate in in practice you know since he got to Lincoln, and you know through the first couple games he's been as good as advertised and then some.
2: Yeah, he has. And and that was one of the, one of the things that I brought up with Kent was the passing of mass in that game against Stony Brook, it reminds me of Derek Walker a little bit. That was something I was really worried about losing when Walker finally had his eligibility exhausted. It's like he was he was distributing very well to Kaysay on that run late in the season last year, and and he's he's got that ability, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, no, I mean I, I'm sure Derek was smiling somewhere when uh, yeah. Rink hit Casey <laughs> on that first back cut to the rim for the layup. It was just like, oh, there it is. That's familiar. We can still do this. No, that's good to see. But yeah, Derek, uh, I forget what country Derek playing in overseas, I'm sure he, he saw the clip and was like, it's good, good, they're still doing this. He's in see.
2: Spain, according to the, the media release Spain. here. Spain, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, and hopefully he's uh, learned a little bit of Spanish out there. Uh, with Okay, so big picture for Nebraska ball right now. They've got just a few matchups in the non-con. The level of the Big Ten it's, it's kind of given me 2017-2018 vibes, like a top-four team might not even make the tournament vibes. Are you that worried about the Big Ten yet? Is, is it time to hit the panic button with Wisconsin not quite performing the way they should, with Michigan State a couple early losses, Michigan losing last night to Long Beach State? Like, Where are you at on, on the Big Ten as a whole right now? So, I kind of, I,
3: I, um, I've, I've got the cover on the button up. I'm not hitting it yet, but like, you, you got to pull the button out of the, you pull the button out and you got to flip the plastic cover up. The cover's up. We haven't, we're not hitting it yet, but the first, uh, first week or so I action for the Big Ten. I mean, we, we heard talk about this being a seven, eight, nine bid league, you know, coming into the year, and yeah. that would open a big window of opportunity for Nebraska. If you can, you know, get out of the bottom four, or just get into the middle of the pack, that would give them a shot, you know, to be on the bubble or better. You know, through the first week or so, it's looking more like a six bid league, maybe. Um, you know, you got you know some teams that were tournament teams last year that have you know not you know they've shown some signs of regression. And Michigan, you know, they were trending up. They didn't have that you know that steep of preseason expectations coming into the year. Earlier this week, they punk Rick Patino's St. John's team at MSG. Then they come out last night and lay an egg at home to Long Beach State. There's definitely been some questionable losses uh, throughout the league and some close wins, and even the close wins over lesser competition that doesn't help the, you know the strength of the Big Ten. You know when it gets down to uh, you know selection time here, later in the spring.
2: Tier, tier these these teams for us. So you got Purdue at the top. Are they in a class on by themselves? Are they are they joined up there by anybody potentially like Michigan State? Uh, give me some tiers of, of teams in the Big Ten.
3: I'd say right now Purdue's at the top on their own. Yeah, like the, the way they've looked. You know, I was skeptical coming into the year. You know, people uh, obviously wanted to make the comparison to Virginia, eighteen-19, You know, coming yeah. back from losing to national a six, title yeah, now. losing to a sixteen seed and completely flip the script to you know make a run to the national title. I, you know, I was I, I was skeptical on Purdue coming into the year, but they've looked like you know a well oiled machine so far yeah. this year. Those. Uh, guard those guards that were freshmen last year—they've come back, haven't shown many signs of a sophomore slump yet. Uh, you know, you never know. It's still November, but yeah. and then Zach Eady is still doing Zach Eady stuff. So right now, I'd say Purdue, Purdue's in a class of their own at the top of the Big Ten. Yeah, in, in
2: terms of the middle class of the Big Ten, where Nebraska is, is aiming for, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation throughout the season. I don't know how many of the rest of the teams in the Big Ten you would put in. That kind of fighting for, I don't know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, so on and so forth. How many teams are in that middle at the Big Ten right now? That's a that's a great question. You know, I think there's
3: kind of you know Purdue is on in a class of their own. I think there's a tier two where it's like the next two up, and I'd I'd say Michigan State is probably still in there, and Illinois is there with them too. Yeah, and I think the tier at the bottom, we know, you know, Minnesota's looked all right to start the year, but I, the look of their team, the way things have been the f- last couple seasons under Ben Johnson, I'd still say they're firmly probably in that bottom tier. I know people are a little higher on them thinking, oh, there might be something in Minneapolis. I will believe it when I see it I, with that whole situation. And then Penn State's in year one under a new coach. So until they get into yep. conference play, I'd say they're firmly in that bottom tier too. So that's three teams at the top two teams at the bottom so that leaves a lot of unknown yeah in the middle yeah. and i think it, you could a case could be made that every other team in the league that i didn't mention has legitimate tournament aspirations and they've got rosters that you know people like the metrics like it's just going to come down to
2: how much does the league cannibalize itself from uh, december to february yeah. got Jacob Bigelow here in studio with us. He's uh writer from Huskers Illustrated and tell me about your new podcast that you got. So I'm going to be uh, launching a solo pod this year. I yeah. had a, you know, a solo pod
3: just going to be me once a week uh, recapping what I've seen, looking ahead to what's coming, te- just giving some general thoughts, takeaways on uh, Nebraska. You can find that. It'll be out hopefully later today. Got the first episode in the can, working on getting that published. Uh, Stretch Big the stretch big with Jacob Bigelow. There you go. We love a good basketball pun. Absolutely. Um, and especially when I you know spend most of my time covering a Fred Hoiberg team, uh, you know stretch big. Shout out Rink Mass. You know it's got a, you know it's it it fits. Um, and that'll you know you can follow on Twitter at uh, Stretch big Pod if you yep. want to throw that throw that a follow and it'll be on podcast platforms hopefully by the end of the
2: day today. Awesome. All right, let's zoom in a little bit on Nebraska. This was one of the interesting things that I saw. Uh, kind of looking ahead to this season, Fred Hoiberg's obviously hit the portal a lot. That's kind of his style. There's been a lot of turnover, it seems, every single year. Uh, but the interesting thing about this team, and and just the in terms of percentages of scoring, rebounds, uh, three pointers, uh, blocks, minutes, th- whatever, all of those returning percentages, uh, there's very. It's a very rare thing to see. It around like the 50% mark from team to team and even more rare to see something above 60%. In fact, before this year, they never had a percentage of anything above 60% returning this year, both three pointers made and three pointers attempted 74 and 69% respectively. And then scoring field goals, made field goals, attempted steals. Those are all at or above 50% highs of the, the Hoiberg era. Obviously, the newcomers are going to be important to this team. We've seen Mast and Bryce Williams uh, and, and Josiah Alec and, and Boogie Coleman as well really make an impact in four games. But in terms of returning in the Hoiberg system, knowing what they want to do defensively, you can't you can't overstate that, can you? no you really can't and like now in the transfer portal era
3: like any kind of roster continuity is a an enormous win like to keep guys in your program develop them you know have you know these guys that turn into culture guys just cuz they've been around like just because of tenure in the program like that's a big bonus and especially with the roster turnover we've seen under fred hoiberg since he got to nebraska to have that much you know returning production is is and you know mix it in with a lot of good transfer portal experience i mean the guys they brought in aren't like guys who are just bounce backs after one bad year or a redshirt year or something these are guys who have lots of reps under their belt they've played four Four years of college basketball, and you know they're kind of you know my theory going into the season was they're trying to find the balance between the returning and the and the new influx you know from the portal and um, you know in you know any kind of continuity cannot be you know understated it's it's a huge win for Fred Hoiberg and for any coach in the portal era you know to retain your guys and keep them keep them in your program that's a that's a, a good
2: sign and, and a couple of those guys who are returning. Didn't get the start in the first game, and and you know for injury or suspension, what have you. But but they're both back now, and we've seen them on the floor now uh, for for the one game. It, you've got Casey Tomanaga off of the ankle injury in the in the exhibition. He's he's getting his feet back underneath him, and Juwan Gary back as well for one. Uh, had 19 points in the win over Stony Brook. Those two players. With with Kaysay and all the energy and the shot making and Juwan Gary with his defense and rebounding, they may not end up being – I mean Kaysay may end up being statistically the most important player, but in terms of what they bring and, and the roles they play – uh, and, and the fact that they are returning, like we said, uh, pretty important guys to get back and, and to get into this roster now. No, absolutely. I
3: mean, we heard all, all everyone was talking about with Jawan's return after the Stunningberg game was the energy that he brings. You yep. know, his energy on both ends of the court. You know, they obviously love having a guy who's going to crash the boards. You know, we heard all last season the the junkyard dog, you know, to describe Jawan, But, you know, and he's coming off, you know, shoulder surgery. He was already in a shoulder sling last year. You know, he had a—and then he— you know gets coming off shoulder surgery and it's clear that he you know spent a lot of time working on his jump shot too cuz it looked looked a little better you know and they made a couple threes stepped out there but you know if you've got guys that know their role and they also can be like energy guys that your your guys feed off of. I mean, that's there's there's nothing to complain about there. And those are two very common ways we hear both Kasey and Juwan described as energy guys and you know guys that you know their teammates trust. It's all it's all good things when it comes to you know both from the coaching
2: staff and and the team and their teammates. Yeah, uh, I asked Kent this, and I want to get your thoughts on this before we get to a break and. We will get to football, uh, and then there's a lot of ladies' sports that are uh, worth mentioning as well. Uh, big, big night last night. Uh, in terms of the guard rotation for this team, uh, you have C.J. Wiltshire, who started a couple, and then Casey started the last two since he's been back. And then Jamarcus Lawrence has started all four games. You've also got Sam Hoiberg, who played a pretty big role down the stretch last year for you. Boogie Coleman has, has worked his way into the rotation, too. Uh, what do you see from a rotation standpoint, who's going to grab these rolls and take them, or is it going to kind of be up in the air and you play the hot hand and it'll kind of depend on the night? Right now, it's
3: kind of looking dependent on the night and and matchup dependent. But I think that kind of probably plays into why they scheduled this non con the way they did to give them opportunities to tinker, play with lineups, see what works, see what doesn't work. So, you know, they've shown they've got, you know, 10, 11, you know, capable guys who can get in there, play, and contribute. I mean, when you're going to, you know, Assembly Hall or Mackey Arena in the dead of winter, chances are you're not going to be playing 12 guys unless there's some kind of foul trouble or something like that. You gotta have that ironed out down to nine, maybe eight. And you know, with these matchups, pretty favorable non-con outside of you know the Creighton and the Kansas State games, gives you a lot of uh, you know chances to play with lineups and have a lot on film you know to decide
2: for a rotation going into conference play. Yeah. All right, that's Jacob Bigelow. He's going to be in studio with us here for the rest of the show. We are going to get to football. Nebraska's got a pretty big, pretty big game up in Madison, Wisconsin today uh, against the Badgers. They're going to be trying to win a game there for the first time since my parents were in grade school. And uh, if they do, they will make a bowl game for the first time since the Obama administration. So a lot to play for up in Madison. We are gonna break that one down when we come back right here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Hi,
0: I'm Vanessa Williams. Did you know that African-Americans experience chronic kidney disease at a rate that's 25% higher than white Americans? And we're almost four times more likely to develop kidney failure. Diabetes and high blood pressure are leading causes of kidney disease, which can result in kidney failure. You have the power to check out how well your kidneys are doing. Visit linkedbylovetv.org to learn more. Get the facts, get checked, and get healthy. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, and ninety-nine three KLIN. So
2: it's their third attempt here in November as Jacob Bigelow rejoins me here. I'm Cole Sukenholz here on the Husker Hour. Matt McMaster will be back next week after we break down the end of the regular season as it will be. Uh, Nebraska's had four chances. They, they will have, when it's all said and done, four chances to win that sixth game. Couldn't get it done against Michigan State. Couldn't get it done against Maryland. I, I won't rehash the third down play call right now because we, we only have an hour show. Um, but they've got the opportunity here against Wisconsin. And look, for as, as, as bad a shape as you may think that, the, that Nebraska's offense is in, that's about the mental situation at Wisconsin right now because they have a lot of like I don't know very introspective quotes that are making it out uh to the media directly uh not not you know on background they're just they're just saying it out loud like yeah I don't know we're going to find out who's who's uh wants to play or who's uh part of our you know whatever they've got a new head coach as well they've done a quite a bit of a scheme change on offense They've dealt with offensive injuries just like Nebraska. Braylon Allen may or may not be available today. Tanner Mordecai has had injuries uh, for them at quarterback, the transfer from SMU. Uh, I I'll just open it up, Jake. I mean, where where do you start with how Nebraska operates offensively? Do do any touchdowns get scored in this game? Like, what are you looking for tonight in Madison? I really
3: don't know what to expect. I think the quote from Fickle that stood out the most to me was the, it's not about the bodies, it's about the brains, or whatever that was. But basically, that's... Not what you want to hear about the state of your team, especially from the head coach. Um, Wisconsin's definitely at an impasse with how, you know, things have gone. Only two games left on the schedule, one's against Nebraska and then they got the game for the Axe next weekend with against Minnesota. Yeah. You know, it's two teams that are really at a crossroads at a weird point and have had a Tough last couple of weeks. It's you know, I don't know what to expect on offense from either team. To be quite honest, you know, we we heard about the Phil Longo, you know, the offense how it looked at North Carolina, Tanner Mordecai, the numbers he put up at SMU, and it has not even been close to that. And they haven't used Braylon Allen nearly enough. If you think you think Nebraska is not running the ball enough? I I present to you the Wisconsin Badgers.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that t- I don't know how that total gets to thirty seven. Uh, But that's where it still is. Nebraska is actually a a six-and-a-half-point underdog. That line's gone all over the place this week, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Speaking of coach quotes, uh, the, the Matt Rule one making the rounds this week, quote, this is a life we've chosen. This world, to me, is always like the mafia. Football, I believe, is the world he's talking about. You get hired, eventually you get whacked, and you live as much as you can in between. End quote. I mean... It's not if we die we die but it's it's right up there. It, Matt Rules had uh, uh quite the journey this year in in year 1 here in Lincoln. You've got you've got quite a bit of turnover in the roster on offense. And then you had more turnover during the season with all the injuries. It's all about survival on offense. They they can they can win doing what they do defensively if they if they limit the mistake the opportunity for mistakes on offense I just the way he's talked about the approach with hey we're we're building these we're building these players for the future we're not going to not give them opportunities just because we don't think they can succeed we're not going to have a culture of fear or whatever. Man, part of me wants them to just rein it in a little bit because look at that defense. And and if you turn it over as much as you did against Maryland, you're going to lose another game that you should not be losing. I the the they're 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 right at that tipping point. And if you if you can't get this sixth win. Either tonight or next Friday against Iowa, there's just going to be a lot of regret in that coaching staff. Absolutely, I mean they're going to be looking back on quite a few
3: moments and quite a few games, unfortunately, because they've had you know this this list of opportunities. What I appreciate about Matt Rule is sometimes he just gets up on there up up at the podium on Monday and he just says stuff, and that's where we get that's where we get quotes like. Talking about the mafia, I think that could be applied to any major sport coaching, really. Just with what I, you know, what I I know about college basketball, but especially in Big Ten football, major major sports that can, you know, that is kind of it's it's not far off. It's not far off. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be plenty to look back on this season. I mean, it's you know, it's going to be you know, the fan base is going to be at a weird in a weird conundrum of you know the letdown. Like if they do miss a bowl game, like if they can't win these next two, and they were on the doorstep for that many games. I mean, it's going to be a weird conundrum of it's year one, but we were this close. We could have done this more, you know, this much more, you know, break, break that drought. You know, they haven't been to a bowl game since my freshman year as a student. That's how, that's how long, that's how long it's been. But, you know, there's going to be, you know, you, you hope to avoid the what ifs and, you know, looking back, you know, with regret, you know, with these next two games, you still got two full games. That's, you know, two hours worth of football to, you know, make the most of the opportunity and, you know, take the season to another level.
2: Yeah. It, it, one of the fun little factoids about this game, uh, obviously Wisconsin's new coach, Luke Fickle, has been a head coach against Nebraska before. In 2011, he was the interim head coach for Ohio State while Urban Meyer was suspended. Or, or no, that was actually before Urban Meyer. He wasn't suspended. It was the uh, it was Trestle who got fired Tattoo the year eight. before Urban Meyer. Anyway, Fickle was there in Lincoln. Nebraska goes down 27-6. to 6. And then you have Levante David stealing Braxton Miller's lunch money. Diamond formation, touchdown. Taylor Martinez, Quincy Anunua, Rex Burkhead, Stanley Jane Baptiste, interception off Joe Bowserman. Largest comeback in Nebraska history. The origin of the bow audio tape. I mean, that game had everything. And it was Nebraska's first win in the Big Ten, by the way. The game before was a game out in Madison. That was the first game of the Big Ten uh, when they got housed uh, by Russell Wilson and company up there. Look, today... I think the and and the turnovers could change everything because obviously they they cost Nebraska the game against Maryland, but this is a culture game to me because I, I, I think there are there are some there are some sides of the ball uh that that cancel each other out the offenses are both terrible. Uh, Wisconsin's defense, I don't think is as good as Nebraska's defense, but they're still. I mean, they're not going to be up against much with Nebraska's offense and and the quarterback situation. But in terms of culture, you see it from Nebraska. You see the the same message from the players, from the coach, from the staff. Everybody says the right things in in the the behind the scenes YouTube videos. Like everybody's saying the right things behind behind closed doors as well. Rule has made more of an impact in terms of message preparation, unity of purpose, at least from what I've seen. And I think that is enough to get it done today against a team in Wisconsin that that seems to have a little bit of a fracture in the locker room. They had their Frank Solich moment, if you will, with with Paul Chris getting fired and them going in a different direction offensively. It's very eerie, the similarities that Wisconsin has gone in. I, I don't know how you see it, but that's how I see it. I think, the, I think Nebraska's culture that Matt Rule has has gotten the foundation for I think that 's enough to get it done today
3: i I tend to agree. I think uh, my biggest thing today is uh, how many carries does twenty one have I think the way he looked last week, um, they' choosing to not give him the ball at a certain moment at the end of the game, and I think just with what i what i 'm expecting the quarterback situation to look like today, I think this might i mean we got to get Add or maybe north of twenty carries for twenty one today. I think they got a they got a they got RTDB. They got to hand it off to twenty one. He's been a hot hand, and you know if you want to you want to talk culture game. Let's let's you, talked a lot about toughness and physical football. Run the ball. And yeah. there's no there's no and with how Wisconsin's looked for the last twenty five years, what they've since switched to this year. Remind them of the remind them of the good times. Run the ball. <laughs> Pound the Rock at Camp Randall. There are games, there are
2: tickets at midfield going for less than $30. It's going to be sleepy, cold. Hunting season opens today for Wisconsin. That's, you're going to see some, some, uh, some bright orange in the stands, maybe guys coming straight from their deer stands. Maybe I mean I don't know if, if they if they
3: want to. I don't know. I don't know how many spotted cows it's going to take <laughs> for people to want to get those tickets to you know go watch go watch these two teams play. But you know, bull eligibility on the line, a trophy that most people forget about also on the line, and uh, the freedom mm, trophy. The freedom there's, trophy. There's all sorts of things on the line in Madison tonight.
2: Uh, so I think Chuba Purdy gets the start do you do you see Jeff Sims or, or Heinrich Harburg maybe getting in it or or do you like Purdy?
3: I am expecting Chubba to get the start as well. Um I, I do not expect to see Heinrich Harburg in uniform tonight. Uh, maybe 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 just for uh just for some gamesmanship, maybe, but right. I think it I think it's gonna be Chubba getting the start and if we see another quarterback I think I think it would be Jeff Sims.
2: You got a score prediction for us? Um
3: hmm Good one. Now let's get. Let, I'll I'll say 20, 17, 20 to seventeen Nebraska.
2: Right on the thirty seven total. Look at you. Right on it. Give, I, me, give me a push. I <laughs> like I like Emmett Johnson to score the only touchdown of the game. Nebraska wins a field goal fest sixteen to nine. Fitting tribute to the Big Ten West. Oh, absolutely. We only got two more weeks of it. That's two it. more
3: weeks of the Big Ten West. It's going to go Soak out. with Soak it
2: in. Soak it in, people. And then God knows where that total is going to be next week. All right, uh, we're going to come back right after this, wrap things up. Volleyball, just a share so far, but they're going to get the whole thing here shortly. Soccer, last minute. Ladies' hoops, they've got a big one tomorrow. We'll run all that down, get you ready for the weekend right after this here on the KLI and Husker Hour.
0: school football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN.
3: I
2: walked out of my daughter's musical last night, Jacob, and uh, turned on the phone and checked Twitter. As said, hey, I know volleyball played tonight. I know soccer played tonight. Let's see what happened. Holy cow. Soccer wins their tournament game on the last minute From Ella Gaia, the first goal of her career, and they go to the Sweet 16. They're going to host that game on Sunday. That's tomorrow, Uh, and it's right here at Hibner again. And then uh, Husker Volleyball, not only sweeping but getting a share of the big 10 championship cuz wisconsin goes down what a night for the ladies yeah the hot streak for women
3: all the women's athletic programs at nebraska continues i mean it's just uh everything's coming up nebraska when it comes to volleyball women's soccer big uh, recruiting win a couple weeks ago for women's basketball. Prince, yeah. Um and you know it's November but softball is getting close and we'll have uh Jordy ball fever around uh Lincoln here fairly shortly with uh with softball and coach Ravels' squad getting underway. So yep. the hot streak
2: for all the all the women's athletic programs at Nebraska it it continues. Yeah, absolutely. Um hey so for today uh for the games that you will hear on uh, our airwaves obviously You'll hear the Huskers Radio Network pregame show uh, for Nebraska, Wisconsin starting at 2:30. That'll be right here on KLIN, Husker Hoops. Uh, they're playing Oregon State over on 1053, the Bone. Uh, that's where you'll be able to hear that game, two o'clock pregame, three o'clock tip off uh, with KP and Jake up in the Sanford Pentagon. That's where Jacob's headed here shortly, uh, right up I 80 uh, or I-29. Um, the women's basketball, they are taking on Creighton tomorrow. Uh, number twenty-two Creighton, even though they just lost earlier this week to Green Bay, uh, that's still a big matchup. Uh, get your quick thoughts on that. You're a hoops guy. What do you what do you think of Nebraska's chances against the Blue Jays? We'll see. Um, I,
3: the, whatever the situation is with Jazz Shelley, I mean, I'm, that's obviously not just for this one game, but for Nebraska's you know season as a whole. For Amy Williams's career, that's a big part. It's enormous to get her back, but I'm sure after how the game last year went in Omaha, uh, Nebraska has definitely not forgotten about it, and they're want to try to get their revenge on, on the
2: Jays tomorrow afternoon. All right, uh, 10 seconds. Do you like Nebraska tonight against Oregon State, and by how much? I do. Um, I saw the line at eight and a half. I think they should cover fairly easily. i heard that here first. So who's the fairly leading scorer? Easily. Um, I will take Rink Mast. Rink mast. The masked man. The Dutch oven. <laughs> I love the meme army. It's amazing. Every game. Get ready, Oregon State. That's you, right. don't know, you don't know what's coming Jacob Bigelow, The Stretch Big, subscribe to it. Thanks for coming in studio. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Cole. Always good hopping on the Husker Hour. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, We'll have Matt on next weekend. We will react. Hey, it's Wisconsin week for football uh, and volleyball, too, next week. Go Big Red.
1: Stay informed. Stay connected. What America does not want is another repeat of 2020 where we have Joe Biden and Donald Trump running against each other.
0: 1,499.3 KLIN.